Good evening, residents of the great city of Ansonia. This is Mayor David Cassetti. This is WADS, Ansonia, Stratford, Trumbull. Nah, 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 nah. It's just Eugene Driscoll of the Valley Indy. Welcome to the latest episode of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indy podcast. For hundreds of years, we brought you the news. For the info, we gave you the clues. But. We are talking Ansonia, and by we, I mean uh, you and I, right? Is that the royal we? I don't know. I never knew what the royal we meant. But I thought I would take a couple of minutes to play some clips from a meeting I attended last night, September 6th, on Zoom, having to do with the city of Ansonia. It was the very first and a historic meeting, a historic meeting of the Ansonia Opera House Committee. That is a committee of about 11 members. They were formed in May. Recommendations by Mayor David Cassetti, approved by the Board of Aldermen. And they're tasked with helping the city, guide the city, come up with a plan as to how to restore, renovate, bring back to life, restore to its former glory the wonderful Ansonia Opera House at 100 Main Street, which maybe you didn't even know was there. Maybe if you haven't been on Main Street in a while, it's, it's sort of easy to miss, but it's right next to the former Crave, which is now, I think it's called the Uptown Bar and Eatery. I apologize if I'm getting that wrong. So uh, anyway, I, I thought I would share this because I wrote a story about it, and the story summarized the meeting for the most part. The meeting was about an hour or so long. And then I went into like the lease agreement. I never really read it closely and looked at all the provisions of the lease agreement. I thought it was in the public's interest to explain that and get that out there for everybody. But what, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm Stephen King. I'm not, I don't know. Who's, who's, a, who's a writer? Who's that guy? Tuesdays with Maury. I'm not that guy. Not even Pat Sajak. Not even uh, Chaz and AJ. But I, I, so there's like, there, there's like things in text that don't come through. And that's why I want to do this podcast because I thought the meeting was pretty inspiring. I thought it was pretty neat to see a group of 11 people brainstorming ideas about how to tackle this challenge. And of course, we all know it's a challenge, right? You know, restoring these old buildings, you know, on one hand, it's positive. It's great that it's still around. On the other hand, it needs a ton of work. So like in Derby had, has the Sterling Opera House and, they were chipping away at it and, and made a lot of progress, beautified the outside of that building, restored the cupola, looks beautiful, but then the efforts sort of fell off for a variety of reasons, money being the main one, priorities involving money, also being a major factor. So they, never got, they haven't gotten to the interior. So the meeting basically was, it started off with Sheila O'Malley. She is Ansonia's grant writer and economic development director, and she sort of gave the big picture here. Obviously, Sheila O'Malley is going to be a key player in this thing because you need someone to find grants, apply for them, because it takes grants. It's going to be a lot of chasing grants over the next many years to try to get things done at the Opera House, which is privately owned, by the way. If you go to valleyindy.org, 
the city's entered into a partnership. They're paying $1 a month or $1 a year. Maybe it's $1 a month. I can't remember to, uh, for the space and this partnership enables this new group, this, this team to go for grant money, right? Cause you, you need grant money. You need grant money to evaluate the structure you need grant money to investigate any potential environmental contamination up in the second, third floor there in the walls or the paint or what have you. So uh, government can get that kind of stuff easier than the private sector. So that's why the city is viewing this as a good thing. So uh, three minutes in, Sheila talks about how she's been talking to a state preservation, historic preservation type entity about what needs to be done to get in line for some grant money there. And guess what? It involves getting some type of architect involved, which could be a cost. So she sort of eases the group into that. Some of the issues surrounding this grant, the, the first step is to get this survey done so that we understand what the needs are for the opera house, what those costs will be and how to address them going forward. And so I think, um, I think if we, what we're going to need is an architect to help us put together this application um, and sort of outline what what it is we need to to submit. So um, kind of holding off on that f- for the time being, but wanted to discuss with you folks um, and then talk about, you know, possible um, costs to that. So, yeah, that was Sheila O'Malley. And then I'm going to skip ahead, if I can here, bear with me. I'm recording this live to the 1132-minute section of my recording. And this is John Marini, and he sort of introduces the issue. So you had Sheila and sort of John giving the big-picture stuff about how to snag or search for grant money. And then the, the rest of the meeting was the committee sort of brainstorming, well, what can we do in the meantime? What short-term things can we do to raise awareness about this opera house uh, and what possible smaller fundraising can we do and to build a buzz and make people aware of what's happening. I found it inspiring. It was just, it was so damn American. You know, a group of people trying to get something done. And I should note, Anthony Mullen is, was appointed last night the chairman of this new committee. And I believe Catherine Kylie, I'm sorry, Kathleen Kylie Fisher was the vice chair person, woman, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so uh, Marini's spoken about this part. We also want the committee to be a place for updates because this committee certainly is deserving of updates on progress, but also the general public. And this could be a great uh, monthly meeting for the public to be able to share their thoughts and concerns and also get those updates, figure out what's happening. Okay, and then later in the meeting, I'm going to prep this as I talk to you. This is the owner It's been in his family for a long time, or he's owned it along with his family for many years. I'm going to butcher his last name. I apologize. I am just a simple, dumb reporter. Walter Kenzerski, K-E-N-D-Z-I-E-R-S-K-I. So he's the owner. And one of the things, I thought he made a great point here. Uh, Here he is. Hey, John, this is Walter. Um, How about some kind of banner? on the outside because I bet you nine out of 10 people don't yeah. know that Ansonia has an opera house. 
Mm. So I, can agree, with, I can agree with Walt on that. You know, a bigger banner where you can see it coming from the bridge, coming from the uh, Maple Street Bridge, mm-hmm. where they're going to say, hey, you know what? And Sony Opera House, what's that? Like I said, the city officials gave the big picture, and then the committee members really hit the ground running. They talked about some possible things they could do to get people involved in the Ansonia Opera House over the coming month and years. Things that we could do. Uh, I'm sorry, and I should say this is uh, Kathleen Fisher talking. On a monthly basis or maybe even a biweekly basis of doing like uh, little workshops and getting people involved to come to like um, costume design or how to design hairdos for the theater. And we, if we get local people involved who will sign up for that, um, that's a really good way just to bring attention and say, oh, and this is what's coming and this is what we're doing. And there are a lot of people who they want to give to their hometown. So they might donate, you know, we could offer lectures. So, in yeah, that was uh, Kathleen Fisher, like I said. And one thing that was pointed out a little bit later in the meeting, there's only so much they can do inside the structure itself right now because it's old and you have to have, uh, there's safety concerns, essentially safety concerns of all sort. But like John Marini had pointed out, playing off Kathleen's idea, you could do those things. There's the Valley Arts Council. There's the Armory. uh, There's the Ansonia Library. All places where you could hold those types of events and tie it in to the Ansonia Opera House. All right, so this last person, I'm going to, the last clip I'm going to play, clip number six, is Anthony Mullen. He is a local firefighter and a photographer. Photographers have played a major role over the past couple of years in terms of raising awareness about the Ansonia Opera House. Again, I didn't know much about it. I knew it existed. I knew there had been the occasional news story about it over the years. But, you know, it has that abandoned place feel, even though I I think abandoned is, is not the appropriate word. But, you know, there's all that photography that's become a thing, abandoned institutions, and all that kind of stuff. There's a specific, what is it, urban explorers? There's that type of vibe. So it has a natural pull to visual people like photographers. And there's been some great work, some great photography coming out of the Ansonia Opera House, all under strict rules where you have to tell people, you're, you know, there's all types, you have to, they're going to only hold like, I think they said 10 members of the public at the most can be in there. And that's only if they have five staff, quote unquote, staff members in there too. So there are strict rules governed by the fire marshal and others about what you can and cannot do in the opera house. But Anthony was saying photography is a thing. This could be um, some type of moneymaker, revenue generator to get this thing back. Anthony Mullen. By uh, my buddy, he runs... A photography thing he had me- there was some echo it was on zoom we all know how that goes mentioned doing a weekend of photography tours i have laid out the rules to him of what what can be done in there as opposed to what can't it can generate some decent money it also brings anywhere between you know 50 and 100 different photographers with their perspectives of what they can see as pictures i had 
one photographer come all the way from the Ukraine to take pictures of this Oof. place. And another guy from Massachusetts, Frank Grace, who came in there and took pictures that blew my mind. Um, I mean, seeing some of these other photographers and having them post their the pictures of this place on their pages and getting thousands of views has had people reach out to us as to what, what we can do here. What, what, what do we need? What do we have to do? And so, yeah, and I'm going to, I'm going to invite Anthony on a future Bally Indie Naval Gazing podcast to talk more about his involvement in the opera house. Anyway, I just wanted to play those clips because I thought the meeting was great. You know, good luck to the Ansonia opera house committee. I mean, I think we can all agree that a restored opera house at 100 Main Street in Ansonia would be a great thing, not only for Ansonia, but the Valley as a whole. Uh, just getting into some other stuff in case, I mean, I, I, the, the, the story I wrote is Committee to Guide Ansonia on Opera House Restoration Holds First Meeting. That headline stinks, but, uh, you know, the Ansonia Opera House is about 131 years old. I went off the tax records that are available online. hasn't been used since about 71 or so, the uh, John Marini had told me in a podcast back in March that the owner had offers to sell this off for apartments. That's sort of the easiest way to flip a building like this, but he's resisted because he wants to see the opera house be used in some manner that's in line with its tradition. Now, I should shout out that exactly the way the opera house is going to be used is completely up in the air. However, the lease agreement specifically calls for the opera house to be used as a public or private venue for entertainment, education, or community, sorry, community functions. So that's what they're trying to do. That's the overall goal. You know, there's a lot that can go into that definition there, private or public venue for entertainment, educational, or community functions. So, and then in terms of some other things, the, uh, the lease is 30 years, by the way. Uh, Anzonia pays a dollar per month, according to my reporting. The owner gets a $3,000 tax credit. Uh, that's essentially $3,000 off your annual property tax bill there and the property's assessment is frozen for the next 30 years the assessor's online database lists the assessment that i saw as two hundred ninety-two thousand dollars and change so the first thing the city is supposed to do according to this lease and they call it phase one in the lease is to search for grant money to fix up the windows on the main street side of the building and to secure grant money to investigate the environmental and structural conditions of the opera house itself. The city has two years to do that, and then that search for grant money continues in phase two. The city is also supposed to create a master plan for the restoration of this opera house, and that part of the plan doesn't have a stated deadline, and the city is responsible for all repairs. they got to pay the electricity, do all the maintenance. That all falls upon the city. The members of the committee, by the way, are Josh Stewart, president of the Board of Aldermen, Alderman Joseph Jeanette, Alderman Joseph Kennedy, Kennedy, Alderman Joseph Cassetti, I apologize, Gary Farrar Jr., uh, Walt Konzerski, Anthony Mullen, Patrick Buckley, Kathleen Fisher, Joey Phoebus, Jennifer Rose, and Katie Hoy. So they'll meet again next month. 
And I believe I said it's the fourth, right? The fourth Thursday of the month. When I published the story, I thought there were some comments on there that I found interesting. Walt Tucker on Facebook said, reminder, they tried to restore it, meaning the Opera House, 40-plus years ago, but the state fire marshal stopped them because the auditorium floor is two feet higher than the code allows. So that was sort of, I don't know anything about that. That is very interesting to me, though, but that's why the first thing the city would do here and what Shiloh O'Malley is talking about is getting an architect to look at the building. So something like that would be noticed right off the bat. That's the type of stuff they look for with those initial grants. I know we all get sick of like study. Oh God, another study, but there's going to be a lot of studies involved for this thing to move forward. Uh, Anthony Mullen in that same thread noted that he works with the fire marshal all the time. Uh, And then this is former Alderman Bill Phipps picking up on Walt's, Walt Tucker's comment. He remembers it well, maybe closer to 50 years ago, a Dr. Marvin Crossman and Sonia Native invested in the Restore. They were allowed to open one night with firemen, with firemen, with trucks on standby as required by the fire marshal. Dr. Crossman, understandably annoyed, went back to Florida. <laughs> Alderman Phipps has a good uh, turn of the phrase. He's a good writer. Uh, but yeah, so that was a little background on that. I know the Sterling Opera House, when it was being used once in a while, the, the, if you wanted to use it, you had to have, I believe it was called a fire watch where you have literally firefighters on the standby just in case, you know, for security reasons, not for security, for safety reasons. And there's a cost associated with that. You have to pay to have the firefighters there. That could be what Dr. Marvin Crossman encountered all those years ago, but I'm not sure. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to uh, post a podcast and post the voices of the people who are trying to make a positive difference in the city of Ansonia and in the Valley as a whole. And I will shut up now. It's been 21 minutes. My name's Eugene Driscoll, and this is our outro music. It's the Bad Slugs singing Ride the Dinosaur. I can't speak. The Bad Slugs singing Ride the Dinosaur. Forget it. Here's a better theme song. Yes, come visit Ansonia. There's so much to do here in Ansonia.